You're listening to Bexer in the Morning, hosted by Spotify. Hello, Americans. This is Jeb Bexer, broadcasting live from Satellite 2. Good morning, folks. Welcome back to Bexer in the morning. It is early this morning, and we got an early start. I don't even want to say what time it is, but I will. It's 3.30 on January 11th, and yeah, we're getting prepped for uh, two shows for this Sunday's Bexer in the morning, and also, we don't know when, but yeah, we got playoff Sunday, wild card playoff Sunday coming for the NFL, we have plenty to talk about, and here is the news. So we will have our, we will have our first episode of the year for here is the news. But first, here is Bexer, Jet Bexer, coming into you live from the comfy confines of Studio One A from Satellite Two. This Sunday is the second Sunday in ordinary time. You know, last weekend we had the feast of Epiphany, and now we're entering ordinary time before, you know, maybe for a few weeks before we get into Lent and the holy season of Easter. So let's jump right into it for this Sunday's readings. The second Sunday in ordinary time, the first reading is from the book of Samuel. And this is a lovely story. I, I love this story about God calling Samuel about God calling to Samuel as a young man. The first reading. Samuel was sleeping in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was. The Lord called to Samuel, who answered, Here I am. Samuel ran to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. I did not call you, Eli said. Go back to sleep. So he went back to sleep. Again the Lord called Samuel, who rose and went to Eli. Here I am, he said, you called me. But Eli answered, I did not call you, my son. Go back to sleep. At that time Samuel was not familiar with the Lord, because the Lord had not revealed him anything to him as of yet. The Lord called Samuel again for the third time. Getting up and going to Eli his father, he said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli understood that the Lord was calling the youth. So he said to Samuel, Go to sleep, and if you are called, reply, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. When Samuel went to sleep in his place, the Lord came and revealed his presence, calling out as before, Samuel, Samuel. Samuel answered, Speak, for your servant is listening. Samuel grew up, and the Lord was with him, not permitting any word of his to be without effect. The the word of the Lord. And Samuel, there's probably a great history behind this family, you know, hundreds, maybe thousands of years before the time of Christ. You know, when God was working in the people that he chose to spread his word. And the same thing is continuing today. When the Lord God, you know, had preordains the people that he knows he wants working for him. 
Now, of course, God would want every soul on earth working for him, spreading his word, spreading the word of his son, Jesus. But as Jesus explains in his mission that uh, not all are going to be saved and that there will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. There are some that do not want to be saved. They are very taken in by by the devil. And, and you know, we have to pray for these people. There are many people in this world who do not want to see the face of God. They turn away for whatever reason, whether it's uh, they were born into a culture that does not follow Jesus Christ. That is a disadvantage. We have talked about this before on our show. But Jesus came into the world to save all people, not just, you know, the, you know, the, the, the easy, the, the low-hanging fruit. Uh, God calls us to be bearers of the word to all corners of the globe, especially in those areas that are the hardest to get to, the hardest to convince people. It's a, it's a tough job, and uh, we have missionaries that go into these tough places. Haiti, the Middle East, Africa, where, let's face it, uh, you know, extremists, terrorists have uh, been having their way in these impoverished countries, impoverished countries in Africa, Nigeria being one of them right now. And Nigeria isn't necessarily impoverished. They do have wealth in that country, but there are areas that are very poor. And uh, the extremists from the Muslim world are going in there and slaughtering people, particularly Christians without mercy. And uh, the world right now, for the most part, other than missionary work, is turning a blind eye. And this reading, the first reading, is about people answering the call from God. And I'm not saying, okay, we all need to go to Nigeria. No. We go and spread the word where God wants us to work. And uh, when we're working, when we're doing a mission for God, we, we know where we belong. And uh, sometimes we don't. And uh, many of us that hear the call of God, we struggle. We struggle with, well, God, I, I hear you, but what do you want me to do? I, I don't understand. And that's, that's natural. Don't get frustrated. I speak to several people I've come across in the last few months, even the last few weeks, people that work at sea, uh, people that work as teachers. I, I hear this struggle. I say, yes, I have heard the God, the hurt. <laughs> Let me back up. Yes, I have heard the call from God. I'm just confused on what God really wants me to do. And Samuel is, is the example that we get in the reading this, this second Sunday of Ordinary Time. He doesn't know who's calling him. <laughs> He's a young guy. He's a young youth, a young boy. 
And he keeps running to his father. You know, he's very obedient to his parents. And he's saying, Dad, you called me. Uh, here I am. And it just, yeah, and as a parent, you know, they try to be as patient as possible with their children. And, and then Eli finally figures out what's going on. The Lord God is calling Samuel with uh, audibly. You know, Samuel is hearing someone calling his name. And then Eli finally realizes it's, it's God. And he says, all right, the next time you hear this, just say, Lord, I, I, am, I am your servant and I am listening. Speak, please. Tell me what you and you know. Tell me what you need. And that's what God is looking for in all of us—to listen to His call. And you know, I have said this before on the show. God is calling us every day. I I struggled with this, and I spoke to my good friend Monsignor Bill Brooks, and he told me this. He says. Yes, you answered the call to God in August. But you know, God has been calling you every day. But he's just been waiting for you to answer, for you to listen. But now that you have listened and you have answered, you're wanting to know <laughs> what your mission is. I mean, what, what you should be doing. I'm going, yeah, that's absolutely right, Father. <laughs> you, you hit the nail on the head. And I hear this from, from many friends of mine that say, yes, I've heard the call from God that he wants me to work in his service to bring more souls to heaven, to point them toward the light. And we must pray. If, we, if we're struggling with our mission to God, pray on the matter. Pray that the Lord God leads you, gives you guidance, Put the matter in God's hands because this is, there's, <laughs> whoa, boy, you know how to interrupt a, a thought there, phone. Put the matter into God's hands because it's God that called you. And just pray to keep our lives straight, just as John the Baptist says, keep your lives straight. Repent and spread the word, the good word. And that's what, you know, if we're doing that, if we're participating in our parish, you know, leading a Bible study, leading a praise, praise and worship service at sea with a group of, uh, you know, non-denominational Christians, this is what God wants. He wants us spreading the word of the gospel on a continual basis. It doesn't necessarily mean we have to go to church. Yes, we need to go to church. I'm not saying don't go. There are times when people don't have access to a church, particularly in these third world countries where they are risking their lives to go in as missionaries and help the poor, uh, to spread food, to spread good medical care. God's work is everywhere. So it is up to us to find these places Maybe we need to ask questions if we're struggling with our mission. You know, talk to a priest, talk to uh, ministers at particular parishes. There are many ways to get help and see what's a good place for you to, to help in your service to God. So don't lose hope. As we head into the Lenten season, we're getting there close. We're getting there very soon. 
Easter this year is on March 31st. So yes, Ash Wednesday is coming very soon. And ordinary time will be put on pause for many months. And it will be time to prepare for the Lord's resurrection. And this is the time we need to be thinking hard about how we should serve God. And that's the example in the first reading. And I went over time. When we come back, we'll get to the responsorial psalm in the second reading and then the gospel. And I won't preach quite as much. <laughs> but I felt this, this first reading needed uh, a lot of attention. As it seems like a very simple story with Samuel being called while he's asleep and waking up time and time again. But it's, it's the, the, the story behind this reading. It's what the, the meaning that we should be getting from this first reading of Samuel. So we'll be back in just a moment. We'll take a break. And we'll be back right after these words. We're back. Oh, yeah. I should bring a diet caffeine-free Coke in here more often. <laughs> Old Samuel, can you imagine? Samuel just trying to get some sleep. You know, the, the poor boy probably worked pretty hard during the day back in those, you know, thousands of years ago. He's like, gosh, dog it. <laughs> I'm just trying to get some sleep, and you keep calling me. Old Samuel. Anyway, we're back. Welcome back to Bexter in the Morning. The responsorial psalm for this second Sunday in Ordinary Time is Psalm 40. Here I am, Lord, I come to do your will. Here I am, Lord. I come to do your will. So we're in the same frame of mind, the same message as the first reading. We are here to serve you, Lord. We are here. We have answered that call. The second reading, a letter from St. Paul to Corinthians, 1 Corinthians. Brothers and sisters, the body is not for immorality, but for the Lord, and the Lord is for the body. God raised the Lord and will also raise us by his power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? But whoever is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. Avoid immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the immoral person sins against his own body. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you? whom you have from God, and that you are not your own? For you have been purchased at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body. The word of the Lord, and that is just a, a powerful reading when it comes to thinking of yourself, your, the body that you have been given to live in for the, you know, the, the duration of your life. We're talking about your physical person and how we should treat it spiritually, mentally, and physically. And uh, we get into uh, 
a thorny area called tattoos. You know, there's a lot of tattoo art going on these days in our American culture, and I'm sure it's going on in other countries around the world that a trend that's been going on for many years now, you know, decades. But in the last 10 years, tattoo art on your arms and legs and everywhere on your body has become very popular. Now, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I am saying that it's not not necessarily a good thing, particularly women. <laughs> I mean, I'm a guy, so I'm a little biased. Uh, seeing a woman covered in tattoos is uh, kind of a turnoff, in my opinion. Now, why would you desecrate the most beautiful of, of you know, let's face it, <laughs> between men and women, women are obviously the most beautiful. And... Uh, Without a tattoo, the female body is a work of art. You know, why do you think there's so much art? You know, going back to the Renaissance, you know, thousands of years, artists doing renditions, whether they, you know, <laughs> being tasteful or not, you know, the human form in most cases is the female body. And it is, it, of course it's a work of art. Of course it is. It is a beautiful thing that God has created. And then we have the statue of David, you know, from the, the, the legendary Michelangelo. And there he is in all his glory. And uh, David was a powerful dude. You know, he was in shape. <laughs> and Michelangelo, <laughs> if you've seen this statue, you know, makes David look like he's a powerful guy and just needs a pair of pants. That's all he, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but then you, you, you get to uh, statues that were done of women, like the Venus de Milo. It is a beautiful work of art, showing the female form and all its splendor, you know, in a tasteful way. And why would you desecrate such a work of art with tattoos? That's my question. Now, I know there's going to be a lot of pushback of people that hear this that are very pro-tattoo. But we should be treating our bodies, this is where that reading comes from. This is where this came from St. Paul, to treat your body as if it were the temple of God. Because your, God, your, your body, as it says here, was purchased at a price with the blood of Jesus Christ to save your soul, to save you from the fires of hell but we are joined to the lord in spirit and that's why he says avoid immorality you know avoid sin yes we are sinners by nature that's the reason we go to confession as often as we can to stay in a state of grace but a person who is uh immoral who knows that they are sinning and they don't mind. You know, there are many definitions of the word immoral. But anybody who sins, you know, you know, we make mistakes. But when we're doing it on purpose and we turn our backs on God, that, that would be my definition of immoral. You know, doing things that we shouldn't be doing that we know are wrong. And we won't get into the individual sins. My, my, yeah, the way I see it as the immoral person is that they don't want God at all. 
they turn their backs. They don't believe. They don't believe in the Son, His Son, Jesus Christ. And uh, anything goes. You know, whatever they can do to advance themselves, say, financially or physically with sex, yeah, um, that is being immoral. And we can't all say that we're, we're free of this. You know, oh, we're innocent. Well, we are all sinners. And God knows. Jesus Christ knows our deepest, darkest sins. And he will remind us of those sins the second that we die. He is our judge. So we need to be mindful. We do not want to be wailing and gnashing our teeth in the pits of hell. No, we don't. We need to be mindful that God is our creator and that these bodies, they're on loan. <laughs> so we must take care of ourselves, folks. Yeah, it's. It, I'm not saying don't get that tattoo of a heart on your ankle. That's not what we're talking about. But when we desecrate ourselves from head to toe, sleeve tattoos, all over our backs, stomachs, even our faces, come on, folks. Let's give God a little bit of respect. You didn't make this body, he did. So, yeah, this is a, this is a great reading, and hopefully... Uh, it resonated with the Corinthians even back then because it resonates with me. Boy, it sure does. And uh, it reminds me that we are all sinners and that we need to be mindful, not just of not committing sins and trying to you know live our lives without sin as Jesus told us, as he taught us. But when it comes to our bodies, we need to take care of them, not just physically, but spiritually as well. Moving on, the gospel acclamation is from John, and we're a little off base with the cycle B for ordinary time, because I don't think John is the principal gospel for cycle B. I'll have to check on that. But this particular weekend, it is. The gospel acclamation is from John, and, and as, as the gospel itself, we have found the Messiah, Jesus Christ, who brings us truth and grace. Hallelujah. The Gospel from John chapter 1, verses 35 through 42. John was standing with two of his disciples, meaning John the Baptist. And as he watched Jesus walk by, he said, Behold the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard what he said and followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following him and said to them, What are you looking for? They said to him, Rabbi, which translated means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, Come, and you will see. So they went and saw where Jesus was staying, and they stayed with him that day. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, the brother of Simon Peter, by the way, the other apostle that was with Andrew, his name was Philip. Anyway, let's go back. Andrew, the brother of Simon Peter, was one of the two who heard John and followed Jesus. He first found his own brother, Simon, and told him, We have found the Messiah, 
which is translated Christ. Then he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John. You will be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, yeah, we have John the Baptist, you know, who had just baptized Jesus, which was celebrated last Monday, the feast of the baptism, uh, the, the baptism of Jesus uh, by John the Baptist. That was on Monday. It was not a holy day of obligation, but uh, we were encouraged to go to Mass. But people like me, I had to work when it was 10 a.m. on Monday. But I did remember that it was the feast of Jesus' baptism. And so now Jesus is meeting his apostles, his future apostles, for the first time. And the two that find him first are Andrew and Philip. And how do I know that? Because I've watched Jesus of Nazareth about, you know, 50 times. <laughs> Andrew and Philip were there with John the Baptist, you know, helping him, you know, corral people and get them baptized. And behold, here comes Jesus coming for his baptism, ba baptism in the Jordan River. And Andrew and Philip are right there to witness this historic and incredible event. And John tells him, Behold, there is the Lamb of God. His numbers must increase, while mine might, must decrease. He says, That's the guy you need to start following now, not me. And uh, Andrew and Philip didn't hesitate. They ran after him and said, Rabbi, teacher, where are you staying? What a beautiful reading. But that's all we have for today, folks, for Bexer in the Morning. We will jump right into Here's the News right after the break. But uh, thank you for listening, folks. This is the second Sunday in Ordinary Time. as we uh, And this will air this coming Sunday, which is the 12th of January. I don't even know. What the heck is that day going to be? All I know is it's going to be cold. Holy cow. We're getting into winter here in good old Texas. I think I might uh, just have to stay on satellite too for a while where we at least have some warmers. Yeah, Texas is getting down into the teens next week for several days in a row. So get stopped up, get stocked up, folks. Get to the grocery store. If you have people that are shut in, if you know people, friends, family, please check on them. Make sure that they have enough before we get into this cold snap. And uh, let's take care of our loved ones. And uh, make sure that everyone stays safe and dry and warm. For Jet Bexer, I am Keith R. Reese saying good day, folks. Bexer in the Morning is brought to you by our friends at Spotify. Hosted and produced by Keith R. Reese and a product of Reese Podcasting, a division of K.R. Reese Enterprises. Thank you for listening. <laughs>